Welcome to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav, soon to be joined by Rex, who is at his fifth major, the RSM Classic on Sea Island. He's got an interesting piece up on GolfJail.com about the future of the fall and PG Tour that we will certainly dive into. Plus, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm are in Dubai. One of those players is calling for Greg Norman's removal. The other is calling for the OWGR to be blown up yet again. We'll certainly weigh in on those two situations. And of course, we'll talk about where Rex is eating and drinking this week on the Golden Isles. And of course, my plans for the back patio. But first, what a Callaway has developed their longest irons ever in the Rogue ST line. These irons are breaking ground with a high-strength 450 AI face cup that's never been seen before in the industry. Callaway has continued to push innovation through their patented urethane microspheres and have massively increased their tungsten precision weighting. The Rogue ST lineup is available in four options to suit every type of player, including the Rogue ST Max for incredible speed, forgiveness, and performance. They're available now, and for more info, visit CallawayGolf.com. Rex, you and I are having a live stream uh, to do this podcast. We're, we're seeing how this goes. There's a little bit of trial and error. It's the fall. It's November 16th. Uh, we're trying some things out for 2023. We're going to see how this thing goes. Uh, I don't particularly love the idea of being on camera uh, while trying to get through the sponsor reads, uh, but this is this is what the people are asking for. We they can they can cut up these clips now for for Tiki Talk, for your snappy chats, uh, for your little Insta stories. Uh, it should be a good deal. Uh, no, you handled it well. You did you did good. Come on, you stumbled a little bit, but you're fine. We're fine. We're fine. People... Uh, yeah. What's even more concerning, though, uh, we, we think we're doing this in, in the new format that allows for video for Instagram and everything else. But neither one of us can see the live feed. So we have no idea. We, we feel like there's a level of confidence that the audio is fine. But as far as the visual goes, uh, we'll see. It's like a true who can say situations. I see somebody that says live. We're two minutes and 17 seconds in. We'll see. I see a button that says end recording, but there's nothing showing up in this box. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, whether this is going to appear on YouTube, uh, probably best uh, that it does not. As I mentioned, you're at the final PGA Tour event of the calendar year 2022, Rex. Uh, you would never miss uh, the RSM Classic, never, even if Kira K. Dixon is handling the on-site reporting for Golf Central. You are, of course, going to cover this for Golf Channel to come for some reason, because uh, potentially uh, we have budgets uh, that uh, will go away if we don't use them. What are you working on? What can the people expect of your coverage on GolfChannel.com? What are you, what are you uh, it, is, it is my fifth major. I just got through uh, just going back and forth with Davis Love about where this event's going to be two years from now, and he didn't give me an appropriate answer, so I'm still filled with angst and uncertainty. Can't, can't and, wait and to read very, that very sad. Uh Well, and here's the deal. I, I think when it comes to this particular tournament, and the story is up on GolfChannel.com. You guys, please go check it out. The idea is whatever the fall becomes – it won't be this. Like, we can all agree this is the end of an era. That, look, and, what started, is, and what is this? This is the wraparound schedule that started in 2013, which sort of brought everything together within the FedEx Cup. There was a version of the fall before 2013, which I didn't really get into the history because I didn't feel like it was apropos. However, there was a version that's very, very similar prior to 2013 to where we're probably going to be in the future, which is a collection of events that are important to some people and not important to other people. That's putting it very, very simply and very, very bluntly because the idea is 
this event, the RSM Classic specifically, will probably be fine. I will tell you that I've spoken with officials from RSM who are over the moon over the product that they get now, and they don't think that product is going to change dramatically one way or the other. Over the moon. Forward. Over the moon. They're over... a top 25 player in the world. Over the moon. Although they still have the highest ranked field in, in the world this week, which is John Rahm, I think, laughable. Laughable, uh, laughable, laughable, laughable. I woke up at 7 a.m. Said it three times in succession, five times in total. John Rahm laughable. Uh, and he'd actually, he'd actually hinted that like, this, this rant was coming because we, we talked to him, uh, Doug Ferguson and I, the AP, uh, talked to Rom at the CJ Cup. It was like Tuesday or Wednesday. And he starts going ranting about how the CJ Cup had reduced uh, strength of field from last year, even though obviously any good player uh, was teeing it up just a couple of weeks ago at Congaree. And we said, oh, we should get you on the record for this. He goes, oh, I need to, I need to think about this more before I get in this press setting. Well, apparently John Rom uh, thought about it more on this very long flight from Dubai and absolutely let rip. That is a tease. We'll get into that. But let's get back. Let's do the back on track, especially since this is now on camera and people can see us. So what's going to happen starting and, and next year is a bit of an outlier as well. I mean, the bigger question is what happens beyond next fall, because next fall there will be events after the tour championship. The RSM Classic will be one of those events. I think the number right now is six events. I'm not quite sure if they're going to run concurrent, but that will essentially make up the fall. They will not nine. It's nine right now. So at least it's whittled down some. Uh, it definitely will be whittled down some. My guess is the Zozo Championship becomes something else. I think one of the things that an official told me is maybe it becomes kind of an unofficial event, kind of like the Hero World Class, uh, Hero World Challenges for Tiger Woods. It's Hideki's version of that because it is so important, and that market is so important to the PGA Tour. The part that gets me, though, is that next year you won't be able to earn FedEx Cup points. Essentially what the, these events will be is a seeding series it will give players who finish outside the top 70 in the previous season's fedex cup points list a chance to either keep their card re-earn their card or improve their status that's essentially it now as far as everyone who i've spoken to knows that everything else will remain intact you'll get a two-year exemption on tour if you win one of these events to their bet to the best of their understanding you'll get an invitation to the masters although i'm not quite sure if that's 100 percent in stone but it you will not end up with sort of what it is now with it's become a way for players to sort of pave the way for the rest of the season. I talked to Mackenzie Hughes this afternoon about it, which is funny. I, I went up to him and I, I asked him, I go, do you know what your career earnings are? And immediately he hit me, slapped me across the face with 11.8 million. Like I, he probably could have given me <laughs> to no, the penny. I know PJ tour players do not pay attention to the, to their earnings, but they don't pay attention money. to money. And yeah. I go, okay, I, that that's good. I'm going to get you with this one. How much of that 11.8 did you earn in the fall? And like he kind of gets sheepish, and he goes, "Probably most of it." And I go, "Almost seven million. So it gives you an idea of what the fall means to particular players. I think we can all agree that Mackenzie Hughes is a very, very good player. Um, I, I think we can all agree that he is the type of player that you would expect him to finish inside the top seventy year to year. I think in his own mind, he's not looking at whatever the fall becomes as something that he needs to concern himself with. However, in this particular case. I don't know that this, this event, the RSM Classic, because of all the local ties for all the local players, we all know about the Sea Island Mafia, they're probably going to keep playing in this event, whether they finish inside the top 70 or not. Where it's going to get interesting is how does this impact an event like Shriners in Las Vegas? Maybe even the bigger one is the Houston Open, because by all accounts, Houston Open wants back into the main game. They want their event to move back into the spring, and they want to be part of the FedEx Cup schedule. So it was. I, I mean, it was Houston Open was such a great event as the lead-in to the Masters, and they moved it away from 
the TPC there, and they moved it to Memorial Park, which I think is a is a fine golf course. But you know the 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 whole point was to kind of tailor made a setup to get you prepared for Augusta. That doesn't really happen at Memorial Park, and it certainly doesn't happen at a time of year when we're more focused uh, on football. No, and I think there's there's a level of uncertainty. And when I I sort of you know backed Davis into a corner, being the host here, being uh, the guy that sort of runs the show. He admitted that, yes, we don't know what happens beyond next year. And by all accounts, the tour is still grappling with the idea. I came away, my biggest takeaway when writing this story, however, is the pretty much the universal sign-off on you may not like what the fall is going to become. You may not like how the, this particular sausage got made. Who, everyone, who's not, who's not going to like it? The fans or the players? Because I, I feel the like players. Fans, the, the, fans, the fans have been the one who have been kind the of— players frustrated by this have they not well no it's going to be the players because look this is as i just pointed out i mean mckenzie Hughes has made a career out of playing very very well in the fall he's won twice in the fall once here at the rsm classic and then earlier this fall at the sanderson Farms. so it it is a very important time of the schedule for tour players and what you're doing is you're kind of taking away a big layer of that at least next year and then beyond it's probably going to be more but every man to a person would tell you that mm, Probably don't like it, but it's what we had to do because the way I kind of wrote it in the story is the fall is just collateral damage to the ongoing battle between Live Golf and the PGA Tour, and everyone agrees that we need to cater to the stars more. The idea that the PGA Tour has to create playing opportunities first and foremost, I think it's it's dead. Rest in peace. That no longer is important to either the PGA out. Tour or even Pour the players. Out. Pour one out. Yeah, that's right. Because I think... Everyone has come to the realization that you can't keep clinging to this idea that, yes, we have the stars and we should take care of the stars, but this is all about playing opportunities. That doesn't work anymore. And I think you're going to see more. We saw we see that with the elevated events. We see that with the expansion of the PIP program. We're certainly going to see that going forward. One source told me yesterday that when you find out down the road, two or three years, he was talking about that all of the things the tour is trying to do to make sure that the stars are taken care, taken care of monetarily, it's going to be astonishing. That they won't be able to match Live Golf and what Live is guaranteeing guys, but it's not going to be that far off. Hmm. Certainly a little bit eye-opening. Quick, quick, quick stack correction. Uh, it, it did not go to a TPC in Houston. That was the golf club of Houston, just to button that up quickly. And I've said this a couple times on the podcast, Rex, but I think certainly the PGA Tour is in – for some initial growing pains. There's going to be some grievances. There's going to be some hard feelings. There's going to be some upset guys in the locker room, certainly in 2023 and probably in 2024, uh, when really the, the new look PJ Tour is kind of unveiled for sure. But players who don't get in this elevated series are going to be upset. You're certainly going to have tournament directors who feel slighted. If their event's not elevated, you're certainly going to have some upset tournament directors in the fall. If those events, uh, I'd be really surprised, actually, if those tournaments still offered uh, a master's exemption, if the field is basically just I was like told they, they do. But again, that's that's always up to the masters. And that's always sort of a fall. I decision. don't I don't believe previously, which was kind of like the hook to get part FedEx of FedEx Cup points, full FedEx Cup points. Yeah, it was sort of the threshold that they always Correct. leaned into. And the interesting and to your point, the interesting part here is so the top 70 won't have any motivation at all to play in the fall other than Kevin Kisner but I still but I still think they're gonna play they will it'll just be a much more abbreviated schedule Kevin Kisner who I spoke to for example he lives three hours from here he used to live here he's won this event he goes of course Palmetto stand up that's right it's here it for uh, Brooks Blackburn our man uh he's still going to play this event however those 
those top 70 might play once or twice. And beyond that, from what I was told, statistically, mathematically, if you finish 90, 92, somewhere around there, you can't fall out of the top 125. So you even as far up as 190, I mean, as far as 90, you're still not necessarily playing for your job at that point. It's going to be a very small sliver of the tour population that's going to be scrambling here in the fall and sort of trying to do what they used to do before it became part of the FedEx Cup, where this is just about keeping your tour card. It'll be those players who push back eventually, because whatever this becomes, again, I don't know what it's going to become, but whatever it becomes, it's not going to be popular with everyone. No, it's not going to be popular with everyone. I still think we're going to see uh, a handful, uh, the Stars play a handful of events. Maybe it was just once or twice in the fall just to play sharp, just to give them something to do, maybe to appease a sponsor. Uh, equipment contracts uh, have certain uh, appearances that these guys have to meet. So I think we're going to see them. Obviously, the Rory's and the Roms and the Victor Hovland's and the Matt Fitzpatrick's, they'll be playing in Europe as well, which is why I think we'll, 2024 is where we're going to get a better idea uh, of what the strategic alliance looks like. But, folks, make sure you check that out on golfchannel.com, a story by Rex uh, reporting from Sea Island. That should be a very good read. Now, I did want to get Rex into the press conferences in Dubai, which have been highly entertaining. Uh, on Tuesday, you had Roy McIlroy basically call for Greg Norman's head, uh, if in not using those words uh, directly, basically saying that for talks to happen, uh, in the future, this is certainly not going to happen overnight, but in the future, uh, Greg Norman has got to go, say so he needs to exit stage left. This comes after a report uh, in the Telegraph by our buddy James Corrigan, who said that uh, former TaylorMade executive Mark King is uh, poised, uh, this is the terminology, poised to replace Greg Norman with Norman uh, then taking a seat upstairs. This has been rumored for months. Didn't know if you had anything to add on that, but more curious your thoughts on Rory's comment uh, that, that Norman has to go. He's done his job, and now it's time to get an actual businessman in that position. Well, and I thought it was interesting, and I didn't even think about this until last night after uh, ha- having seen what Rory said, and I think a lot of people sort of agree with that, but Je- uh, Joe Ogilvie, who used to play on the PGA Tour, former PGA Tour winner, former policy board member, and, and one of the most enjoyable and smartest people I've ever been around in the game of golf, he tweeted last night saying that Rory, as probably the most important player on the PGA Tour, with Tiger Woods on the sideline, you have to put that caveat on there, but Tiger right Woods now, the pip. Tiger Woods pip champ. That's right. But also you need to keep in mind that, that Rory's also on the policy board. He is the most outspoken when it comes to live golf and everything else that goes into that. Rory, this essential spokesperson, this, this sort of quasi-spokesperson, is the first really official person to stand up and say, okay, if Greg goes, and I think a lot of people agree that if Greg goes, then it does open the door to some sort of conversation, some sort of reconciliation. No one with any kind of authority has ever cracked the door that much. And I will tell you that when I was walking onto the course this morning, it just so happens I was sort of wandering down the first hole, right as Davis Love was teeing off for his pro-am, who he was playing with with Jay Monahan, which led to a very, very interesting conversation with those two because neither one of them wanted to hear that side of the conversation. As a matter of fact, Davis came at me with, they are suing us. We will not have conversations with them while they are suing us. And it's a very, very good point. Isn't the belief then that if Norman's out, if some of the animosity is gone, if some of the hostility has been removed, that this doesn't even reach a trial in January 2024? That, hey, let's – Let's just cut this off now and see if we can hammer out some sort of resolution, I still, which I still don't know what it would really look like. 
Uh, maybe, but I countered with the fact that you're also suing them. It is a countersuit, and it's part of the bigger picture. But let, let's be fair about this. You Ooh, got are suing them. Got him. Got him. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Take that, fool. Uh, but and I pointed that out, and and look, Jay didn't really want to get involved in this because you could tell he's probably just wanted to go out there. I just want to hit these bad seven irons. Can you just leave me alone just for five hours, please? Can I just come out here and just play golf? Uh, but, but Davis's point was valid. But I agree that, and I think I've said this on the podcast before that had they chosen pretty much anyone else, anyone else, take my sophomore age college son, and and plopped him down in that chair instead of Greg Norman, I'm pretty sure he would have done a better job than what Greg Norman does because. He would not have come to the table with all of this animosity, with all of this broken furniture, just throwing it around the room, hitting everyone across the face with it. He does possess the star power. He does possess the pizzazz. He does possess kind of the charisma in certain settings. I mean, he's been a big recruiter for the Dustin Johnsons, the Cameron Smiths of the world. Oh, no, 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 no. no, I I, I totally agree with that. I'm not sure if if Mark King was in that position that it would have turned out that way. Now, would a, a savvier businessman not made some of the mistakes that Greg Norman did publicly? Of course. But I think Rory's point, which is which is well of taken, is, is, is and Ron made the point as well on Wednesday, you got this thing off the ground, go be shifted in kind of this like ambassador role or chief recruiter, whatever the, the case may be, and let a guy like Mark King, who has is well-established and well uh, has a great reputation in the industry – kind of take over that seat and see where it goes from there. Now, now I'm going to throw the limoncello right back in your face on this one. Thank you, Alex Russell, for recommending limoncello last night. It gave me nothing but headaches. Uh, I disagree entirely. I would actually say that Greg Norman at the head, as the recruiter, as you want to point him out, was detrimental to live golf growing. Because I, how many times does Rory have to give you a snarky comment when it comes to Greg Norman for you to be like, oh, Rory's not on board for a lot of different reasons, but the biggest reason is because that's Greg Norman. And I'm pretty sure Tiger Woods falls into that same category. I, have, I haven't heard this firsthand, but I think there's probably a couple of Australians that have decided not to go that route because it's Greg Norman. So I would argue however, that he's actually however, been detrimental. If, if the Live Golf Commissioner is the golf Saudi head, right? A guy who very few know other than if you played the Saudi International probably, right? If that guy is leading Live Golf, My he's dad. not getting... He's he yes the guy in the in the New Yorker with the with the pink pants. Majed Al Saror, say it. Majed Al Saror. Nope, uh, I'm gonna let you do it, especially since you're on camera. Uh, Where he's not he's not getting the DJs, he's not getting the Brysons, he's not getting uh, he's not getting the Brookses. Like Greg Norman comes with a certain cachet. However, he's not a good one. But he but he has made such blunders that I don't think Liv has any choice but to move on from him. Like you've done your job, okay. We're off the ground. Now someone needs to steer this thing and make sure we're headed in the right direction. And I don't disagree with that, but I feel like on many, many fronts, many well-documented fronts, he's actually been a detrimental recruiter. He, instead of being the good face of Liv Goff, he's probably the face you're like, hey, let's just shush. Let, let, let's just not say that. Let's just not say anything they need, they needed pub- They needed publicity. They needed disruption. Greg, <laughs> Greg Dorman brought that <laughs> for, for better or worse. And I don't think and I will say, to, person to button this up real quick. That. And just to button this up real quick, I was told actually just last night that Mark King has not had a conversation with anyone from Liv since July. And I'm not saying that it's not going to happen because there's been a lot of rumors to this effect and it seemed like he would be a good fit. But if you haven't spoken since July, and I think the part that gets glossed over a little bit when it comes to Mark King, he's the former CEO of TaylorMade, but he's the current 
CEO of Yum, which is Taco Bell and Kentucky Taco Fried Bell. Chicken. And, that's right. Uh, so it's not as though he needs a job. He, yeah, he, he's not sitting at home trying to get off the couch and get away from the kids. Like, he, he's got a pretty good job. He makes pretty good money. He doesn't need this. They need him more than he needs us. Certainly did seem like a leak from Liveside, uh, potentially hinting at Greg Norman's removal. So we'll have to uh, see how that pans out. Now, part two of these Dubai press conferences, <laughs> which has been very entertaining, is John Rahm. As, as we mentioned uh, at the top of this podcast, absolutely ripped into the official world golf ranking. Now, the new system is so complicated uh, that I would strongly encourage you to go to golfjournal.com where I have a better recap. Of, needless to stay, limited field events are hurt by the new ranking in favor of these events, such as the RSM, uh, which has a full 144-man field. The 50-man season ender uh, on the DP World Tour in Dubai is giving roughly 22 points to the winner, while the RSM, which does not, again, have a top 25 player in the world, uh, number 26, Brian Harmon, uh, Georgia Bulldogs stand up, uh, is the highest ranked player in the field now that Tony with Tony Finau withdrew with a minor injury. Does Rom have a point? Because he certainly seems to be at odds with Roy McIlroy. He called this the best system that we currently have. John Rom called it laughable. Not once, not twice, not three times, not even four times. He called it laughable five times. He might have been looking for another adjective, uh, but I uh, certainly appreciate the repetition. Uh, no, I, I don't know if he has a point or not. I don't pretend to understand. I didn't understand the old rankings, and I don't pretend to understand the new rankings. Here's where I'm going to peel back the curtain, though, because I thought this was just just perfect comedy when it comes to Ryan Labner and everything people need to know about him. I woke up at 7 a.m., and I immediately was checking emails like I always do and saw the ROM interview and read through it immediately. So by 7.30, I had texted our boss, Mercer Bags. And said him said to him, "Hey, I'll I'll blog this. This is pretty moving stuff." And he goes, "Labs already on it." Eye roll emoji, twelve hundred words. Another eye roll yep. emoji. You sat down at your laptop before twelve before seven a.m. this morning and regurgitated twelve hundred words. This shows you exactly how. I mean, you have to be more excited Oops. about this than Georgia Oops, having a chance is, to win the national championship. This is exactly why NBC Sports gave me a three year contract. I'm dedicated to the craft. Absolutely love the job. <laughs> You love, love a quote that is laughable, 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 laughable. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. I woke up at like 545, made some coffee, <laughs> pulled up Twitter, and just saw it everywhere. I said, yep, that's something I could sink my teeth into early this morning after daycare drop-off. Uh, and, it was, and it was fantastic. And look, if, if you want to read Roy McIlroy's It's a deep dive. It's a good dive. Comments, no, it's, yeah, a, it's a good dive. And look, Rory, Rory said that the reason why that this ranking system is what it is, and look, it's very complicated. There's... There's stuff like strokes gained, um, world rating now. Like it's it's a very it's it's very complicated. Essentially, the point is that it's harder to beat 143 players at the RSM than it is to beat 49 players in Dubai, regardless of the world ranking of those players who are there. Now, if you throw in a bunch of guys who are ranked 26 to 75, which is what the RSM have then you're going to have a scenario where you get, yeah, 38 points to the winner, which is still on the low side, right? Like if, we, if we're if we looking at the old system, uh, 38 is is like a C-level event. So it, it's still kind of on par with that, but it is these limited field events, um, which is kind of like the tour model that they're going to, right? Like we want to see in 2023 and potentially 2024, it's like that BMW championship, 70 players, no cuts, uh, and send them on their way 
with some guaranteed money. I think it certainly doesn't portend well for Liv, regardless of whether they get world ranking points in the future. That application is still underway. Like we've already seen that 48-man fields get severely punished by this new ranking system. So if Liv ends up getting world ranking points, which is still quite a big if at this point, it's going to be so minuscule that those guys are still going to have a hard time making up some ground. Where do, where do you stand on that? Like, do you think the limited field events with better players should get more than a weaker tournament with more players? I kind of side with Rob on this one. No, it, well, first off, it's 155. It would, you would beat 155 players here, so that's a fine for you. It's a 156-player field. And I don't know. I wasn't paying close attention to this field that doesn't have a top 25 player in the world. I was but, paying more but, attention to Dubai. It's, no, but it's the math that, that this goes into. And, and I see where, where John Rahm is looking at this, rolling his eyes, because, I mean, to his point, there aren't any top 20 players in this field. I mean, Top 25. No top Stop, sorry, 25 sorry. players. There's five of the top 20 in Europe, meanwhile. We had Tony Finau. He had to withdraw with a knee injury. But that still doesn't make it right. I think what you're going to hear, and I, I, here's, why I, here's why I have a problem. And I like Keith Pelly a lot, the commissioner of the DP World Tour. However, he knew exactly what he was doing this morning when he sat down next to John Rahm and went, well, that was interesting. Like, this will be fun. Go ahead. Someone ask him about world ranking. You could tell that John had already given Keith an earful on this. Well, Keith has a vote. He sits on the board of official world golf ranking. If he didn't like it, if he didn't think it was heading in the right direction, then that was up to him to stand up and wave his arms and demand that, no, this cannot happen. And he has a vote just like everyone else on that board has a vote. And, yes, the PGA Tour pushed for these changes. What these changes do is actually gauge the strength of field. There aren't any more inflated artificial minimums that go into whether if it's a flagship event, if it's a WGC, if it's a major, whatever the case may be. This is based entirely on who you have at your tournament. And yes, because it's a limited field at the DP World Tour Championship, as opposed to here, which is 156 players in case you didn't know that, then you are going to get a little bit more of a bump because it's just math. I understand that much. It's just math. You have more players to beat. Therefore, it's going to be harder to win this one according to this system. Now, can I see why a player like John Rahm would look at that and not like it? Absolutely. But it was the guy sitting next to you at that press conference this morning you need to talk to about it, not the media. Uh, I certainly understand that. And I'm not smart enough. I'm not a mathematician. I do know, however, that it's going to probably take a year and a half for the system to get sorted out properly. I do know that it it was five years in the making before we got to this. So it's not like they just came up with this system overnight. A lot of work, a lot of thought has gone into it. I'm certainly... Uh, aware that when the OWGR board meets once again, uh, they will likely uh, take John Rahm's fiery comments uh, under advisement. Maybe. Rex, you sent me a picture from Southern Soul Barbecue mm. uh, on Monday. What have you been eating on Seattle since I know this is uh, one of the biggest weeks of your year? And it's such a, like, I'm going to be the homer right now. It's such a good culinary place. I mean, it's a great golf place. If you come here, play Frederica on Monday, obviously the two courses. Here Ocean at Forest. I mean, here at Sea Island Resort. You've shot, you've shot it, 115 uh, there. Ocean Forest. Did I? I feel like it would have been higher. Many um, times. Lunch at Southern Seoul on Monday. It was before I played golf. And then it was lunch on the range from Southern Seoul again yesterday. And I can tell you that if I did not have a tour dinner to go to tonight, that it would be Southern Seoul for the third time. What do you, what do you get there? I uh, had the pulled pork Sammy on Monday, and then yesterday it was the burn-ins. They kind of do like in a, in, a Carolina, in a Carolina barbecue sauce. It is mm. so good. And then the turnip greens. 
I mean, you can the turnip greens are unbelievable. And then tonight, if I I got, I have to go back and get ribs because you have to go back. And get I don't ever, I don't ever wait. I don't ever waste my time with pulled pork sandwiches. You want to know but why? They, it's really because good. I can do it. I can do it myself. It is easy. Mm, There's not, not a huge good. difference between great and poor pulled pork. Like it's really hard. To screw it up, even if you screw up the Boston butt, even if you overcook it, even if you undercook it, like there's at least going to be a handful of pork that you can pull out of that butt and make yourself a good sandwich. I really don't think that barbecue joints can differentiate themselves with the pulled pork. I always mm, opt I for either the brisket or the ribs because you can tell uh, the burnt ends. The have you never had the burnt ends from Southern Soul? Uh, I don't think I have. Oh. I've only I've only ever Evan. been there for lunch, which is extremely. Which is extremely heavy uh, to have for 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 lunch. I, I think I always go with the ribs. Uh, no, it, it is absolutely heavenly. And then they're, they're going to be cooking ribs on the range all week long. And so as you walk around the property, all you're you're just getting hit in the face with that wafting, beautiful barbecue smell all day long. You're like, oh, this is beautiful. But are yes, they are they a- are they are they running Lang pits at Southern Soul? I want to say they are because I know that's Davis's yes. affiliation. Uh, and I only know that because you and I ducked into whatever that barbecue place was in Charlotte, and they were the the whole team for the Presidents Cup. Getting the what was the name of that place? Uh, I don't know, but it was fantastic. Uh, Smoke maybe, which would be uh, apropos. apropos. Um, yes, yeah, so it's the exact same as those. I'm guessing those are Lane, correct? Uh, I don't know. Lane's reverse flow. I'd have to I'd have to look into this. Uh, why don't you ask? That, was, that should have been your first question. Uh, actually, I'm sure you can text him uh, right now to figure out what Lane. Excuse me, what Southern Soul is running, but that does sound good. I would like you to pick me up some of that um, seafood dust. It's like some sort of Georgia uh, crawfish boil dust. Bought it last time. I put that on uh, always on my uh, shrimp and assorted, assorted seafood when I throw that uh, on the grill. I do have some uh, very exciting news uh, to share. Uh, put down a deposit for our outdoor kitchen which should be installed sometime in the next two or three years. There's certainly some rumors of some innuendo, uh, Rex, that you and I uh, could be doing uh, some sort of grilling segments. Perhaps we can get uh, some grilling sponsors. Uh, and so if we are kicking that off in early 2023, I'm going to have an absolutely lavish uh, background. Uh, you're really going to ep- you're really gonna have to up your game. Or the folks on social media are going to give you a hard time. You don't like this background? I'm in. I'm in Mark Love's office, who's the executive director of the Davis Love Foundation. No, you don't. I, like don't, it? I don't. I don't. I don't like you pulling you a Weber in there. I don't like you pulling a Weber in there and going to zone fire uh, for the people at home from Mark from Mark Love's office. Uh, and we're very excited about what could possibly be next year. However, I will say this: this is such a missed opportunity. You and I had this conversation the other day that this is where we should start. Whatever it is, we're going to do. With, with grilling, with barbecuing, whatever the case may be, this you have a concept. You have an idea that you want to bring tailgating to golf, which is a yes. really, really cool concept. Um, don't know how you, I'm going to do it. Not smart enough to figure out how, but if someone's mm-hmm. listening and wants to help me, uh, you, at me, bro. You're, you're, not an, you're an idea guy. You're not a you go out and get it done guy. I, I get it. But if we're going to do that, this is where we need to start. Because, again, they have uh, the grills lined up down the first fairway of the plantation course. They have these big grass fields where it's just perfect. So this is where we need to start it. But I, I don't want to wait a year. Uh, I don't want to wait a year either. It, it, it actually is like a no-brainer. Like there's six – I have six grills sitting on my back patio right now. Could have rented a truck, driven up there, been there in about 90 to uh, 120 minutes 
based on traffic. I did want to button up, Rex, uh, a point from last week. Uh, I said I was going down to my in-laws to help build her new Rectech bullseye. Uh, put that bad boy through its paces. Didn't just season it, uh, but we also cooked uh, a pizza on it, and then uh, I left her, uh, my mother-in-law, to uh, do some fish on it. That thing is amazing. It heats up in about 15 minutes. You can run it anywhere from 200 to riot mode, which we found out is like 750. I put a little infrared uh, on that to see just how hot it was going. It was unbelievable. It's pellet-fed, super easy cleanup. Uh, Even the assembly for for an idiot like me uh, wasn't that bad. So Rectech Bullseye, if you're in the market for like, I would say it's very comparable to the Weber kettle, like almost the exact same size. It's just fed with pellets. There's no ash cleanup, (laughs) no nothing. Uh, Thank you. You, uh, That didn't properly... Uh, mute you, but thank you for that cough uh, coming through. Uh, I would strongly suggest uh, the rectiples. That I was, I was very intrigued. I asked my wife if I get another one. Uh, she said no, uh, even though I do have my sights set on another smoker. The, right. the, I, the, the cough button did not work when I just tried to use it. When I not tried to do the professional thing, not, oh. not even. Uh, a that, that was wildly unprofessional. I, I, you can see me. I tried to hit the the cough button and it did not work. I apologize for that. For there's also <clears throat> a, I also covered my mouth. There's also a chance that this was not recording at all. Uh, if that's the case, you are going to hear uh, two very frustrated hosts uh, on the second edition of the second Golf time around central <laughs> podcast. But make sure you guys go out to golfchannel.com to check. Rex's reports from the RSM. We'll recap next week. We're going to have a lot to get to. DP World Finale, LPGA Finale, PJ Tour Finale. We'll hand out some awards on all fronts. And, of course, we'll talk about what we have going on the grill and smoker for Thanksgiving, my favorite wow. holiday of the year. Talk to you guys next week. Get you a limoncello. <laughs> <laughs>